This evening we invite you to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. We're going to read the first 13 verses for your hearing. James chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. For if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to them that love him? But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that has showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. May the Lord add His blessing uh, this afternoon upon the reading of these verses. Tonight we want to continue on uh, into chapter 2 of the book of Genesis, uh, uh, James here. And as we do, uh, we have learned by now that James, uh, that he doesn't beat around the bush, so to speak. He's straight to the point uh, as we look back over into chapter 1, we see that James uh, dealt in a very practical way uh, with several issues that were amongst uh, those to whom he was writing to. That is, the brethren. Likewise, as we enter into chapter 2, he does the very, very same thing. He minces no words uh, when he comes uh, to that of the issue uh, which is before us here in these first 13 uh, verses. Now before we get into the chapter, we would just tell you that chapter 2 uh, breaks up into two sections, major sections. The first major section is verses 1 through 13, and then uh, the second section uh, begins with verse 14 and goes uh, to the end of the chapter. The last section is probably a section that we're uh, probably most familiar with. That's where uh, James deals with that of uh, faith and works. Again, faith without works uh, uh, is dead. It's also the section uh, that um, uh, Martin Luther had a problem with. Uh, he called James a strawly book, uh, I understand. Uh, and... Uh, didn't really believe it was probably part of the canon uh, 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 at all. 
there are those who believe that Paul and James, uh, they contradict each one another in that second section of this chapter. Well, they don't, and we'll uh, point that out very clearly when we get to that section. But the section that is before us is one uh, that we don't uh, hear too much, uh, and yet uh, James, he deals with that of a sin uh, that is uh, one that has uh, uh, been throughout history. A sin that has been throughout history and that has been predominant throughout that of history. And that is the sin of partiality, prejudice, discrimination. Now, of course, we hear a lot about that of discrimination uh, in that of our day uh, today and whether or not it's true dis- uh, true di- uh, discrimination you know we have to put a question mark you know uh, uh, on that very thing but we would say to you that the Bible does have something to say about this about partiality about prejudice discrimination it calls it a sin it calls it a sin now if you Note down further in chapter 2 in those verses uh, that we read to you. James, he makes it very clear uh, uh, that it is uh, that a sin. In verse 9 he says, But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. So without a clear doubt, What James here is dealing with in these verses is indeed that of a sin. Now, Mark Twain said prejudice is the ink with which all history is written. As one looks back in history, we do see that of prejudice. We see that of discrimination, partiality. Uh, we see it uh, here in that of the United States, uh, Americans uh, in that of uh, their prejudice towards that of men of women of different color. Uh, we see it also uh, uh, in that of religion and economics, uh, uh, not only here in that of the U.S., but uh, throughout that of the world and uh, uh, that of world uh, history. Uh, as we come to the, new t- uh, come to the uh, scriptures, we find that there was a di- discrimination amongst that of the Jews. Uh, uh, the Jews in Jesus' day, they detested that of the Samaritans. The Egyptians, at one point in history, hated uh, the Jews. Jonah, a prophet, uh, disobeyed God's command uh, to go to preach to that of the city of Nineveh. He didn't want those who were the occupants of that of the city of Nineveh uh, uh, to repent, and so he refused to go and to preach unto them. And in the verses which are before us, we also have it. In that of the New Testament, in New Testament time, we have this sin, and that's what James deals with here in this chapter, in, in, in these verses. As we consider our subject tonight, the focus verses that we're going to focus in on tonight 
is verses 1 through 4. We'll read those verses. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. For if there come in unto your assembly a man with gold ring, in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Tonight, as we look at these verses, we'll see the sin exposed, we'll see the sin described, and we'll see that of the sin uh, rebuked here in these verses. First of all, the sin exposed. In verse number 1, James starts out, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. James starts out, first of all, once again, by identifying himself uh, with his audience. He calls them uh, my brethren. He doesn't call them my beloved brethren uh, 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 here. But later on uh, in the passage, uh, uh, to saw, kind of soften that of uh, his uh, dealings with them, he does uh, 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 use that of the phrase, my beloved brethren. But here, he just simply says, my brethren. They were his brethren according to the flesh. They were Jewish brethren. Uh, and so he, he knew them. He knew them uh, as far as uh, that of his brethren according to the flesh. He also knew them as ones who had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They were people of faith. Note here, he says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of person, persons. The implication here in these uh, uh, words here in this verse is, is that they were ones who had the faith that He is speaking of here. The faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. In other words, they believed in this One. They believed upon this One whose name was the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Now, there's something interesting here that we would just draw your attention to here, uh, and that is the name Lord Jesus Christ. This is only one of the two places that the name of Jesus is found in the epistle. James only uses the name of Jesus Christ twice in the epistle. Back earlier, uh, he used it when he identified himself. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here in chapter 2, verse 1, is the second place, only two places. Now, <coughs> even though the name is only found in two places. All throughout the epistle, Paul or James is dealing with that of practical Christian living. Practical living of those who are believers in Jesus Christ. So, 
even though the actual name is not found in more than twice, he's there in the scriptures. He's there in the epistle. So James, he identifies with the brethren. He says, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with respect of persons. Now, I want to read just several translations here uh, of this verse. The Revised Standard Version translates this, My brethren, show no partiality as you hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. As you hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. In the New American Standard Version 95, says, My brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. In the ESV translation, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. In the net translation, My brothers and sisters, do not show prejudice if you possess faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. Now, some of these are a little bit different from each other uh, here as far as that of uh, the wording. But what I wanted to uh, draw your attention to here is, is, is that here in the KJV we have the verb have. My brethren have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the ideal here, as we can gather from these other translations, uh, and even if you do go on back to the actual Greek, you find that the ideal here is, is that of possession. That of possession. My brethren, possess not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the word have here uh, is a command. A command. James here is not the same, simply saying you ought not to have the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ and also have that of respect to persons. No, what James here is doing is, is he is commanding, commanding these brethren. He's commanding them. He's telling them, do not, do not have or possess the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. In other words, the two don't go together. The two do not go together. Now, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about that of how that the Lord Jesus Christ is described here by James. He's described here as the Lord of glory. The Lord of glory. Now, that tells us indeed of that of His origin. It tells us who He is. Doesn't it? And we know that this One that James speaks of, this One who He describes as the Lord of glory, that He left heaven's glory and came to earth, to give that of His life for us sinners. For us who 
are the lowly ones of the earth. The scum, you might say, of the earth. When the Lord Jesus was here upon the earth, He didn't look down, did He, upon others. No, beloved, wherever He went, He lifted up those that were down. He lifted up those that were down. James doesn't mince any words here. He tells it like it is. Do not. Do not profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and show partiality towards others. Don't do this. Your Lord of glory. Lord of glory. Your Lord. Your Master. Respect of persons. Respect of persons. James says it's a sin. He's going to describe what he means by this. He's going to describe the sin. And what's interesting here is is that he, he, he gives an illustration and even though even though he gives this illustration it's almost as if he's saying this is exactly what is going on amongst you note verse number 2 the sin described he says for if there come unto your assembly a man with gold ring in goodly, goodly apparel and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit there under my footstool. Are ye not then partial to yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Now, the description that he gives here is found in verses 2 and three. We want to look at this in three ways. First of all, we want to consider that of the setting that he gives here as he gives this illustration. He says, For if there come unto your assembly, there's the setting. For if there come unto your assembly. He's using an illustration, and yet, beloved, this illustration is as if James knew that this is exactly what was going on. He ties it, he ties it unto that of these brethren to whom he is writing to. He ties it to that of their place of worship. If there Come unto your assembly. Now, the word assembly here, you might think, well, this is probably in the Greek ekklesia. Well, actually, it's not. Actually, in the Greek, it's it's a synagogue. Which is appropriate here as we think of that of James, uh, the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Jew, riding unto that of Jewish brethren. 
the synagogue uh, was the place where the Jewish uh, believers they went. They uh, heard that of the word uh, read, and even though in the New Testament times we see uh, that there is a kind of a going away from that of the synagogue to some extent, they don't go away from it completely. It's not an immediate departure from that of the synagogue. No, beloved, the Jewish brethren, they still, they meet at the synagogue and also they meet on that of the first day of the week. Especially in the very beginning of the New Testament. So the setting is that of the place where that they worship. And he ties the brethren to it with that pronoun, for if they're come unto your assembly. That's the setting. The situation. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment. <coughs> the situation is we have two individuals. Two individuals coming and entering into that of the place of worship. And these individuals, they are in, you might say, stark contrast with one another. As far as that of their clothing, and as far as that of their economic, social status. The one, he has on that of very fine clothing. He has on that of a big gold ring. The other individual, he doesn't have any gold ring. No, he has on that of vile clothing or dirty clothing. It's very evident evident, uh, that he is one that is, uh, as far as some would consider him, that of there without the outcast of society, the poor. Not not in the up or the up, definitely. The middle class, uh, maybe. So there's a very much a contrast that is made between that of the two here. That's the situation. And they come to the worship place. Now, can you not imagine what went through some of the minds of the people? I'm sure you can. Wow, look at that man. He just came in into that of the building. Look at that gold ring. Look at his clothes. Man, sure be nice to have him come here on a regular basis. Why, if he came here on a regular basis, we might be able to build that of a bigger synagogue. A much nicer synagogue. Of course, the other individual, when the one brings him in, he says, you stand over here. 
You stand over here in the corner. They take, they take the rich man, the one with the golden ring, the one with the fine clothing, they take him all the way up to the front of the assembly, our place of worship. But the poor man, they say, oh, well, now you, you stand over here in the corner. But, but better yet, you sit here under my stool. Better that you not be seen. Especially with that of this man who's here with us. He wouldn't want to be associated with, associated with somebody like you. Well, the reception says, You have respect to him that wears the gay clothing. And say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place and say to the poor, Stand thou there or sit here under my footstool. Respect or that of great honor is given to that of the rich man, the one with that of the gold ring. But the poor man, he, he's left over in the corner. You may say, well, I don't do such things as that. We don't do such things as that here at Central Baptist. How do we treat our brothers and sisters? How do we treat our brothers and sisters? Do we show respect to one and not to another? I don't believe that is here. But beloved, in some places, that very thing does happen. It happens in that of assemblies. Have you ever gone into that of a church where uh, you've never been? And you go in and you sit down and nobody even pays one bit of attention that you are there? Matter of fact, nobody comes and introduces themselves or anything. They're all concerned about themselves. They're doing their, their thing. That's the way it is in some, some churches, some assemblies. But beloved, it ought not to be. Beloved, we ought to have the same love for one another Whether one is poor, rich, whether one has that of a high elite position in the world or works as a garbage truck. If they are God's children, we are to show our love for them. It ought to be natural that we love them. And we ought to show that love for them and towards them. 
But not only should we do that to one another. But beloved, we ought to show that same love of God, that love of Christ that we show to one another. We ought to show, beloved, that of God's love unto those who are on the outside also. Now indeed, there is a difference. There is a difference between those who are on the outside and those who are on the inside. Those who are professing believers in Jesus Christ. There is a difference. And the difference is that of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, beloved, our love, the love that God has shown to us, ought to radiate from within us out to that of our brethren and to those who are on the outside. Verse 4, we have the sin rebuked. James says, Are you not then partial in yourselves? He rebukes them for that of discrimination. He, he rebukes them, beloved, for that of showing favoritism to that of the one who is rich and discarding that of the one who is poor. He says, Are you not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? Judges of evil thoughts. In other words, you're judging and your judgment is that which is evil. Because you're showing that of respect and honor and, and lifting up the, that one who is rich and you're pushing the one who is poor back to the back. You're saying they're not worthy. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? As I said, James, he ties this to the brethren here. He doesn't speak of an exact example amongst them, but you can just know from how he writes this that this is something that is going on or has gone on and he's telling them you're not to do this. You're not to do this. So, Let us take heed. Let us take heed to what James says here. And let us not do that. Let that not be named amongst us. That we would push aside one that was a, a brother in the Lord for someone else who may, may, may perhaps be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and yet they have a little bit more affluence than that of the other brother. As I said, James doesn't mince any words. Lord willing, he's going to go on further with that of this 
sin in that of the remaining verses and deal with it. Um, let us stand and we'll have that of closing hymn. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see. Um, and I asked Mother Don if he had any sniffles in the prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you and we offer thanksgiving, Lord, for this portion of Scripture, for all that it teaches. Father, we pray that you would forgive us where we have uh, committed sins like this and been partial for you know, different reasons that are invalid. Father, Careful not to adopt the, the culture, the ideas of the culture that are around us, that they are opposed by the faith of the gospel, by the Holy Word. Father, we help us to be governed by your word alone and not by the way cultures. Father, we uh, do pray that you would help us to grow in grace, help us to grow in our knowledge of the Lord day by the Holy Spirit be our teacher. Lead us, we pray, into all truth. Father, we uh, do ask your blessing on the church here as testimony. May we honor and glorify thee.
Father, we, uh, we pray your blessing on Carl and Cheryl. Thank you.